I feel like I'm always starting over and I'm tired of that. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to have teams in New York and the UK. Hey everyone, welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. And we're here today switching things up slightly instead of having just finished the chat with the guest. We have not called the guest next. I thought, you know, keeping it fresh, let's actually chat about it before we call them and that keeps it more exciting. I love that idea, Phil. I think it's really great we're trying something new because this next caller is all about embracing your instincts and being who you are. And you know what? You're just letting your freak flag fly for this episode. I am. I've actually been looking forward to this phone call for a very long time. She has the biggest personality for a change, let's get Dalton on the microphone. Dalton, when you were researching her, what did you find? Well, I had a lot of fun when I was looking her up because she does look like a very fun and energetic person. But the She thing, is. <laughs> the thing that confused me is that she has like 25 different names because like the logo on her website is different from like the actual URL, which is different from the like love coach by something else, which is different from her Instagram handle, which is different from her Instagram name, which is also different from like the Twitter name. Okay, great. So, Lauren, let's ask her about that. I'll add it to the list. Great. Well, why don't we get her on the phone? I can't wait. Here's our chat with Nikisha Michelle. I just was able to find a lane in the matchmaking and dating industry. I have been trying so hard, trying to figure out where I belong, and it just happened that I was, um, I had an article done with Plus Model Magazine. And after that article, everybody in the plus size industry became so excited. And they said, you know what? We talk a lot about fashion and branding, but there's no one like you that's offering like love and dating and, and self-esteem and all of that stuff. So I jumped into the lane of being known as the, the plus size love doyen and certified matchmakers. And right now in the works, I have a book that's launching at the end of this month called The Ready Woman. And so we have The Ready Woman and then a book collaborative called Diary of a Ready Woman. And so what I'm doing is kind of two-sided. I'm doing a book tour and it's also kind of, we're making a weekend out of it where we have Talk Date Love, which is my signature going around. I did York. We've done Atlanta. Now we want to go to Los Angeles and the UK. Just really empowering plus size women in their dating and their love and healing around love relationships and, you know, being different and being okay with being different, but not letting being, but being love being about your shape or size, but about your state of mind. So that's what I have going on most recently, but I really, really um, am interested in just like having my matchmaking side just blow up. Okay. I'm so excited and have just a hundred questions for you, but we don't have enough time for a hundred questions. So I'll... (laughs) So I've listened to some interviews with the million dollar matchmaker, and I know that her approach to finding love has a lot of, I don't want to say games, but it's it's like never move in with someone until you have the ring. Like don't return calls after a certain amount of days, blah, blah, blah. What's your perspective on that approach with love and dating? My perspective is I created what is called the bliss code. And so what I've identified was 
five things that typically women ignore or are not comfortable with that creates these gaps where they don't listen to their intuition or they don't listen to themselves when it comes to making smarter decisions with trying to have a long-term partner. So BLISS stands for beauty, love, intuition, sensuality, and significance. So I found if one of those areas are broken, then something in their communication, something in the way they relate to men, something in the way they just move and shake in their dating and their love life doesn't translate well from them being successful in other areas of their life. So I don't do too many rules. I'm just trying to teach them to trust themselves, trust that voice inside of them and build that voice up so they know, you know, when they should say this or if this doesn't feel good, speak up. This is a yellow light. This is a green light. This is a red light. What does red light mean? It means stop. Don't override that because every time you do, it's going to create chaos later on. Nagisha, what do you think is unique about working with you for your customers, working with you as opposed to another matchmaker? What do you bring to the table that makes that whole experience different and unique? What I have been told is they feel that I'm relatable. They feel like I'm fun. I take the pressure off, but they feel like I'm that big sister that they never had. I love that. And I was hoping you'd mention the word fun because I think you, while you can get serious and people can relate to you on serious you know, issues, I think you also do keep it fun. You've got this magnetic personality and people want to be around you. They want to get your input and your advice on things. Yes, yes, that is really, really true. And sometimes it gets blurred because when I do have to be serious with them, it doesn't always come off right sometimes, you know, like they're yep. used to that funny sarcasm and all of that. But then when I'm like, you know what? this is not working or you did this three times and we've already talked about that. That doesn't feel good. So sometimes it gets a little muddy. That fun girl and then that serious, this is really serious. You're paying me for some really serious stuff and I don't know if you're really taking it serious or not. Now, when you look back on the last few years of you working in this industry, what have been some of the biggest wins? When you look back and you go, yes, this moment reaffirmed that this is what I meant to do. What are, you know, one or a handful of those moments? I believe a handful of those moments is number one, I magnetize press really well. And I feel like I interview really well. And every time I do press, I seem to get some amazing clients who are ready to work with me. The second wins are when I am able to take a woman who. Um, really given up on love or had a complete dating dry spell. I get women who have not dated in five years, 10 years. I mean, forever because they're afraid of it or they put their career first. And when they come to me in a matter of less than 60 days, they have so many men that they can't keep up with the name and they're being pursued and they feel beautiful. Then of course, when I get those uh, invitations to the wedding. So I guess my question for you is, when you look at where you want your brand to be like a year from now or even five years from now, what do you want and what are you seeing? For a lack of better words, Patty Stanger has been the best teacher, the awesome with her branding. And I want, I want that. 
I want to be television recognized. I want to have an amazing reputation. I want my brand to be a household international brand. I don't want to feel the struggle behind this anymore because I feel like I've worked hard. I feel like I've evolved so much, but there's always still something off, not pulled together where I feel like I'm always starting over and I'm tired of that. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to have teams in New York and the UK. I'm ready for this. People are constantly coming to me saying, because I look good on paper. If you look, you're like, oh, wow, she has it going on. And, and I guess that's how I get a lot of the press and the interviews. But then behind the scenes, it's, it's a little raggedy <laughs> to me. <laughs> and I don't want that anymore. Are you feeling a disconnect between what's on your website and social profiles versus what's happening in real life? I, I would say yes. Yes. Phil, what are your thoughts for a potential like branding direction? So here's where my brain is at in listening to all of this. To me, the key to Nikisha's success is getting her out as much as possible in this format, in every other format, video, mostly, I think, any, any format where we can see Nikisha in her true element. So well-spoken, so dynamic, exactly. Nikisha, you need to be everywhere. And I think, for example, television, absolutely. We basically need to, we need to see Nikisha on an ongoing basis. And I think people just seeing you, that's where you're going to get your clients. I can relate to this a little bit. There's, you know, the, Nikisha, the biggest driver of business for me has been speaking engagements, getting myself out there. Some of these are ones that I pay for. Nowadays, I get paid to speak. But when I started a few years ago, I didn't get paid. I went a whole year without getting paid. And uh, a lot of times I'd have to front the cost, but I'd get there and go, okay, I know that I'm going to leave this conference with some clients. I feel similarly about you is that people just need to see you. They need to discover you and your audience, they're out there. We just have to figure out how we position your brand to make that a bit more of a stronger conversion. Does that make sense? What, where, where's your brain at as you listen to all of this? I fully agree. Nikisha, you just have so much energy to you. And like, I mean, I'm in a relationship, but I want to sign up for your services. So anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think what and I'm, I'm not sure if you're feeling the same thing, but externally, there are a lot of different sort of branded names and sub brands. Like we've got Make Me a Wife Coach. We have your actual name. We have the Love Doyen. So there's a lot of stuff happening. And I feel like maybe that distinction could be made even more clear so that people realize that it's all part of the same group with you as the face mm -hmm. of it. How do you feel about that? I feel so good. That would be another challenge. You know, when you start to get advice for so many different people, one being my brother, when I was telling him, I feel stuck because there is a lot of depth to me because besides love and relationships, I love TV. I absolutely love being on TV. I love, you know, just being in front of people. Life camera action, I'm on. And he said, maybe you need to stop trying to say you're the love doyen or you're this and you're that, the redesign queen and all this stuff and just be Nikisha Michelle and then whatever falls under, he said, kind of like Oprah. Oprah's Oprah. She does books. She does cooking books. She does films. She does this, that, and the other. She, you know, she's hosting this. She's, you know, giving awards. She has a school. Like I have the same capacity and sometimes it does get lost because my brain being a creative 
I'm always creating, creating, but I need my main bread and butter to be my main bread and butter and the distinction to be clear. I think there's going to be a direct correlation between your success and your ability to focus. Right now, you're putting energy into a lot of different brands and names where at the end of the day, we know you as Nikisha Michelle. That's how we know you. And I would love to see you (laughs) really focus on you because Nikisha, you are what sells it. Not the love, Doyen. Not any kind of... I mean, I, I kind of like your creative social media handle, Make Me a Wife Coach. I mean, it's cute. But I, again, it almost feels like a bit of a distraction from the main person, the main message. It's you. And if your vision is to grow this big and you're the face and you've got a team, almost like Tony Robbins, right? He's got a whole team of people that execute day to day, but it all trickles down from him. We need you out there creating this content. What are you doing on Instagram, by the way? What's your strategy right now? Or what are you posting? <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yep. Um, I don't really have one. I try to give a little inspiration. I try to give a little, you know, education. I try to be cute and like, this is me and this look and that look. And then, you know, sharing what events and stuff or what I have coming up next. Let me flip that question upside down. What does your audience want from you? I don't have a clue. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Phil, I want to try something. What? Let's pretend that I'm going to be launching a new business and I'm not, my name is not Lauren. And I'm going to be launching a new business and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should brand myself as Karen or if I should do it as a business. What would your advice to me be? My advice would be hire me and I'll give you good advice. What? It's I can hire a, you? Yes, you can. It's called a brand audit, baby. And I'm not going to give you advice until I thoroughly understand your business and your brand. Cool. So what does that entail? So I'm asking these questions like I don't know the answer. <laughs> yeah. okay. What does that entail, Phil? You do a 90-minute call with Lauren and Phil. Do you know who Lauren is? Who's Lauren? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, Lauren Moore? She's amazing. 90-minute call with Lauren and Phil, where we spend that time to figure out what is your brand, what's working, what's not. And you get a super, super detailed brand audit recap that's like 50 slides outlining everything. It's kind of like brand therapy, but even better. Okay, Karen here again. I really, really like what you're telling me, but I really like to get things at a discount. What can you offer me? 15% off. It's the only place that you'll actually get a discount on this. We don't offer a discount anywhere else. Podcast listeners only. Check it out. Let's get back to the show. Wait. <laughs> PhilPallon.expert slash therapy. That's where all the details are. Now, let's get back to the show. Mm. I don't have a clue. What I thought they wanted, I would get low engagement. If I post a picture of me and my husband, they love it. So I'm like, how many pictures can I post of me and him? <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's proof that you know what you're doing. Right. So I think that's why that makes sense. But video format is something you need to embrace even more than you do now, particularly as it will help you parlay. It will it will really help you book more media 
spots. Media is particularly important for you because it allows you to be in your element in front of an audience. Don't think that you're going to go from zero to hero overnight, go from YouTube to the Today Show overnight, but certainly Nikisha, if you can get into the rhythm of, of pitching on an ongoing basis, local TV to start. For example, Nikisha, we had Valentine's Day happen. Pitching them six to eight weeks out, for example, that you'd be perfect to go on and do a segment on how to spice up your love life or how to, you know, whatever. I mean, you can probably think of all kinds of ideas because you are that creative. I need you to build a system of accountability here where you are pitching and getting yourself in front of as many media opportunities as possible. TV, radio, print. That's item number one. Item number two, I need you to start thinking about your own social media channels as if they were your own TV show, okay? Okay. So what that means is rather than sitting around waiting for someone else to call you, you're going to put some stuff out there on your own. Think of this has come up on the podcast uh, in the past, but I'm going to dig it up again. Think of your Instagram, actually, as three distinct social media platforms. You have three unique opportunities to create content on this platform. Post to your gallery, right, where those photos exist all together, almost like a mood board. When people go to your profile, they see all the photos that you've posted. So that's opportunity number one. Opportunity number two, post daily to your stories, not just selfies, look at me in this outfit, here's what I'm going, here's where I'm going, here's what I'm doing, but actually start to give advice in your Instagram stories. One quick tip that can be a game changer today, you know, do this, do that, start to give us advice each day. And that, that again, helps us discover your content on this platform. Remember, every time you upload to your story and to do it periodically throughout the day, it puts a little light-up ring around your profile photo, so it will also drive more uh, more traffic to your gallery post that day. And then finally, Nikisha, and I think almost the most important one for you is to be using Instagram Live at least once a week to create your own TV show, to have your own TV show that you call it whatever name you want. I just know it now. We're going to be looking back at you. You created your Instagram show, and then it will actually end up on TV. That's my vision. I'm putting it out there for you. But does that help to start to think about a structure for Instagram that will keep you accountable? Yes, yes, sir. Yes. That is so brilliant. You're so brilliant. Another thing that um, we find helps is is sometimes Instagram is really intimidating because you can post anything you want. And with that lack of structure, you can be like, oh my gosh, I can decide anything. So I'm not going to post anything at all. So I would recommend that you go through the bliss code when you're scheduling your content. So do one post about beauty, the next about love, the next about intuition and go through sensuality and significance and use that to be like a launching point for whatever you're going to be teaching or sharing or even doing on your, your live broadcast that day. Okay. That sounds brilliant. I love that idea, Lauren. That's so good. Take an existing sub-branded entity that you have, which is your bliss, and start to use that to create content within that. It reminds me of the tweet types, which I've been teaching for years, right? You you need to set parameters for yourself so that you can actually create within that. Otherwise, the options are endless, and that doesn't help. And it doesn't help, yes. And you're right. And then I get, what is that called? When you don't do anything, like Lauren just said, and then I just get tired and I won't do anything for a while. Then I say, oh, let me look and see what other people are doing. Okay, well, let me try to do that. 
Yeah, we call it perfection paralysis and both Phil and I are major perfectionists so we suffer it like more than more than you'll ever know. But learn from us and and <laughs> and hopefully you won't have to go through that. Oh, and another thing um too that I think is really important when we think about what your audience wants. I have a feeling that you have many audiences. So of course you have people in media, those gatekeepers, and we're wanting to appeal to them by showing that you can just make your content machine and could easily show up on their show or stage or, or whatever. And then you've of course got your immediate audience and those are the people who are looking for love. But I think there's also an opportunity to talk about love for people who are in existing relationships and to also focus on self-love no matter whether you're single or or committed. The great thing about your subject, your area of expertise, is that love is basically like what connects all human beings, what, what makes us different from animals even. So don't feel like you need to be only talking about the kind of pursuing or initial stages of dating and finding love. You, you've got like tons of options. Okay, that sounds good too, Lauren, because sometimes... You know, when you're constantly here, you got to be very, very narrow, very, the most narrow as possible. But you're right. I have the capacity, the wisdom and the gifting of an ocean and trying to pack it into a little swimming pool has been challenging. And again, that also creates what did you call the perfection paralysis? Totally. And you could do things like how to get the puppy love stage back or how to start dating your husband. I think you could be inspired by the initial like heart fluttering stages of love, but per- actually provide advice for people who are already in committed relationships. Okay. That sounds good. This is so yummy. Ooh. This is so <laughs> <like> yummy. <laughs> if I watch a segment on TV and you're in it and I go, I got to call that woman. She's amazing. When I come to you and say, I want to hire you, Have you structured your services? Do you make it very clear on how we can work with you? So there's two tracks. There's either the date and matchmaking track, or there is the dating coaching track. So the date coaching track is just getting coaching services. And we look at where your challenges are, again, where you're broken in that bliss code. And we try to make you a better dater and teach you how to manifest love on your own and work with you on your dating, what do you call dating sites and things like that, helping your profile and, and, you know, how to text and all of that stuff. And then we have the matchmaking track where our whole thing is we're finding, we're taking the heavy load and we're finding the love for you. But in that, you also still get the date coaching as well as feedback from each date that we send you on. I love those two tracks, especially the online dating profile one. That's so, so relevant. Do people have to inquire about your prices or is that on somewhere public where people can find out? On the matchmaking site, when they go to there, there is a listing of, it says, which investment level are you willing to invest at? So it starts at our lowest, like it says 3500 and then it goes up to, I think, 10000 So they could pick a level. It's like three levels. And then after that, it says, how soon are you ready to get started immediately within a month, you know, 90 days, something like that. And then it asks them more of the, you know, demographic questions and what their long-term intentions are. And within those different thresholds, like I see you've got 5,000 to 7,000 and 7 to 
10000 Does that vary based on location or is there any way that those prices could be firmed up and it could be locked onto one number per stage? You know what? It could be. But sometimes the reason I did that is when people need a payment plan, then it kind of can say, okay, is it $3,500 all you have or can you do a payment plan of $3,500? So I kind of did it like that, but it can be firmed up. My gut feeling is that I love these tracks. I don't want to change them at all. I, I really like how they're organized. I would recommend either committing to one price per track or do starting at and then just list one price because that way there's less confusion and it's a bit more clear about the financial investment on, on someone's side. Okay, okay. Keep the two tracks, but just clear. Yeah, and I'm wondering if there's a way that people can start in a lower price engagement. To give you an example, Nikisha, if I told people in terms of branding, in terms of strategy, that like, you know, $3,500 is the minimum engagement, that's what you've got to commit to from the start, I wouldn't get as many clients as I do. Now, it's not to say they don't spend that much. They do eventually spend that much, once I've earned their trust. But in this case, I'd love if you offered some version of what we call the brand audit, which is mandatory for all clients. They come to us and say, Phil, I want to hire you to do my website. Phil, I want to hire you to improve my Instagram. Well, hold on. We don't know you and I can't give you advice until I get to know you better. Let's create a plan together that enables you to go off and and reach some of these goals either on your own or ideally with us. That session is called a brand audit. And that is less scary. If people have the the notion that they can take some knowledge from you and go and do that, maybe something that keeps them accountable, even if they don't, right? They still feel better about swiping their credit card. I wonder if there's a way that you can tease people into just how fabulous you are that will then convert higher to that price point. It might be, it's one thing to spend that much money on a dream vacation or a big sofa you know you're going to have for years in your house, but to spend it on, on, on matchmaking might be difficult until we see you work and see, you, and see how great you are. Yes, I like that. I guess I just, I have to think about what that looks like because I saw that I kind of did that with the Ready Woman Code, but before I had, it was called the Make Me a Wife Academy or Make Me a Wife Club. And it was kind of like a subscription membership where there was a lot of material, you know, videos and stuff. And then I would gauge them once a month and then they have, you know, they would pay a monthly subscription and then upgrade them to a bigger package. But are you stating something more like a package that's just like, they still get to work with me, but it's just like, like you said, like say $500 or $750 or something like that for three sessions. Yeah, I think Phil is meaning more of a one-time session before anyone can even like be part of a membership program. So I'm looking at your questionnaire and it's so great and it's so detailed. And I, I noticed that you do a complimentary meeting after they fill in this questionnaire. But what you might want to consider is just instead having a single contact form where someone can contact them and let them know about your, I don't know, like, like it, it could be initial like love consultation or or whatever you want to call it. And it's a one hour meeting that people pay for, maybe even $99, something that's, you know, 
easy to swallow. And then from there, you could actually go through those questionnaire questions with them instead of having people fill that out for with without your business making any money from it. And then talk to them through which plans might be good for them. Okay. I like that. I can do that. Yeah, I think we've found that when people are make a financial commitment at the beginning of a project, they're more likely to take any future investments more seriously. And that's not to say that they wouldn't just pay right out of the bat for something, but it allows us to see what it's like to work together. And it lets them really um, like take they really, I feel like they're they're more inclined to listen to our advice and to be really committed to the process. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. That is really good feedback. Thank you. I feel like this is good. I'll say it again, but I think there's going to be a direct correlation between your ability to focus and simplify and your success. And and part of why I say that to you, Nikisha, is because I've learned this in, in my job People come to you with all kinds of challenges and confusion and drama and baggage. They're hiring you to clarify, simplify, focus. Yes. Thank you guys for being such brilliant, amazing, clear professionals. Thank you for your time and expertise. I feel like that stage we were talking about, Lauren, when you're in love again. <laughs> You've got puppy love again I mean, for your company. Yes, for my company. I have puppy love. I am not going to divorce it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Oh my God. Oh, don't you just feel so good after having a conversation with her? She's the best. Well, I say this after every episode, just no. like I say, that was not what I expected, but she's amazing. She is amazing. She has so much energy. Her Just her love of life is contagious. And I really, really want her to find success. It's a very difficult industry when you're up against celebrities that work in this space. I guess it's like that for a lot of industries, but it's a hard one when you're just starting out. Mm -hmm. But she's got the personality. She really, really does. And she's clearly good at what she does for her job, so... People like that that have a personality that is so magnetic, you've got to get yourself out there in every way possible. We've said this before, and I'm Nikisha and I are not the same person, but I do have a big personality. And we every time that I'm out there and I'm speaking at conferences or I'm doing workshops or I'm out having dinners or you know even free meetups and stuff on Eventbrite, there is a direct correlation between how often I'm out socializing and speaking and out there, putting my face out there and our business, wouldn't you say? Totally, totally. And I think with Nikisha, I feel as though she's almost been hiding her personal brand behind all these other entities, like the name of her company and a different title aside from her own name. So now hopefully she has the confidence to just, you know, put her name front and center. For Nikisha, for creatives, such a big part of your success is your ability to execute. And a big part of that is your ability to focus. So take Nikisha as an example. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Brand Therapy. We want to hear from you on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Phil Palin. I'm at the Lauren Moore. And while you're at it, since you're listening, it would be, oh, the best thing in the world if you went to iTunes and left a review. Five star, preferably. It helps others discover this podcast. Any other final thoughts, Lauren? No, I think that's it. I think you covered it. Did you remember hashtag Brand Therapy? No, I didn't. Okay, then that's that. But 
other than that, we're good to end the episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week on Brand Therapy. Bye. And here's a little preview of our next episode. You have to go find that story. You have to go find that moment. You have to go record that video. You have to go do this and this and that, which, of course, it takes me out of this comfort zone that I can be in and, and, and just pushes me through that, which I love. 